Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of Mark, and we're in chapter 14. This chapter begins with Jesus being anointed at Bethany, and it's, of course, during the Passover, the Passover being the celebration of the Israelites overcoming death and the ten plagues and and the blood of the Lamb over their doors when the spirit of death passed over them and their son did not die. And so for generations, they celebrate the Passover. And here it says the Passover and the feast of the unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, where the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. So we know that an alabaster jar was a sealed flask that had a long neck and it was broken off only when the contents were going to be used. And that nard that it referred to is a perfume made from oil that is extracted from a root of a plant that was grown chiefly in India, which means this was very valuable and only to be broken open for a specific purpose. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body before him to prepare for burial. So, of course, we know that it was a normal Jewish custom to anoint the bodies with oil before they were buried. Jesus goes on to say, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Now we move on to the next section entitled The Lord's Supper, which was also referred to as the Last Supper. We discussed it in Matthew, can also be found in Luke, and Paul discusses it in 1 Corinthians. It says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that of course means bread with no yeast, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So remember, this is a meal that's been taking place for generations and generations. And so this was something that that they knew how to prepare and what to do, and they were looking for the place to do that, knowing Jesus would want to participate. So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city. A man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters. The teacher asks, Where is my guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large upper room, 
furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body, knowing that his body would be broken for them. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Then verse 26 says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And we discussed this in Matthew when we went over the Gospel of Matthew. Here Jesus is referring to the hymn that they sang being Psalms 115 through 118. And like I said in the Gospel of Matthew, I highly encourage you to go read Psalm 115 through 118. It is a very vivid description of what is going on at this moment in time. It is talking about who Jesus is. Everything that David writes is foreshadowing and prophesying exactly what he would do for us. David opens Psalm 115 by saying, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in heaven. David says in Psalm 116, verse 8, For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 117 says, Praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you people, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 118 begins, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And then Psalm 118 ends by saying, The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, save us. O Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is exactly what they said on Palm Sunday when Jesus rode in. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. And of course, when Jesus rode into town, he was being led up to the altar to be sacrificed for us. 
It ends by saying, you are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So when they finished singing that hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The next section is entitled, Jesus Predicts Peter's Denial. And we discuss this in the Gospel of Matthew. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. We'll get the rest of that story shortly. Now we move on to the section entitled Gethsemane. And of course, this is referring to the garden at Gethsemane. We discussed it in Matthew, and it can also be found in Luke. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said. Abba, Abba, Father, he calls him. This is an intimately personal reference to a father whom you have a very close relationship with. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Same as we read in Matthew. Not my will be done, but yours. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And then Jesus is arrested. We read about this in Matthew. It can also be found in Luke and John. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servants of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Now we know from the Gospel of John that this was Peter who drew his sword and cut off the man's ear. The man's name was Malchus. And we know Jesus healed the man and restored his ear. 
Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come to me with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Now, biblical scholars have suggested that this was possibly John Mark, the writer of this gospel. The next section is entitled Before the Sanhedrin. We discussed it in Matthew, and it's also found in John and Luke. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days will build another, not made by man. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son? of the blessed one. I am, Jesus said, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. In the final section of this chapter, Peter disowns Jesus. We discussed it in Matthew, and it's also in Luke and John. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You were also with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I do not know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you're one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And then he broke down and wept. And that ends Mark chapter 14. We will pick up next time in chapter 15.